You are listening to the Hope of Israel Baptist Broadcast with our radio host, Dr. K. Daniel Freed. Over the next few weeks, we will be listening to excerpts of powerful preaching and singing from our national conference, which always takes place the week before Memorial Day. We pray that these live recordings will be a blessing and a help to you as you seek truth and a closer walk with God in these days of uncertainty. And now, here is our broadcast for today. I invite you to stand in reverence to the Word of God this afternoon. Leviticus chapter 23 and verse number 1. In verse number 1, the Bible says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them concerning the feast of the Lord, which ye shall proclaim to be holy convocations. Even these are my feasts. Six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of rest and holy convocation. Ye shall do no work therein. It is the Sabbath of the Lord in all your dwellings. These are the feasts of the Lord, even holy convocations, which ye shall proclaim in their seasons. In the fourteenth day of the first month at even is the Lord's Passover. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Lord, we're so grateful for the privilege we have to be able to gather this afternoon. Thank you, Lord, for this meeting. Thank you for what it stands for. And uh, thank you for the effect that it has had upon Jewish people around the world. And I pray that today, Lord, that you take this message, help us to rightly divide your word. And I pray that you'll speak to hearts today. I pray that Christ would be glorified in our midst. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You can be seated. Uh, Again, I can't emphasize the importance of a meeting like this. And I challenge you pastors, go back, get you an Israeli flag and put it in your church. Show your support for Israel. You say, what kind of effect will it may have? Well, if you got an Israeli show up at your church, you'll find out what kind of effect it has. I had a few Israelis come over the other day, and they called me. They said, hey, we're, gonna, we're here in the States. We're going to come by and see you. I said, great. I said, when are you coming? He said, two days. We'll be there. And uh, we're going to stay the weekend with you. I said, well, praise the Lord. I said, I'm going to church on Sunday, though. And uh, they was like, okay, okay. And I said, well, you know, uh, my kids are going to be singing. When they walked in the sanctuary... And they saw that Israeli flag standing up there, sitting on the platform. That one Jewish guy, Daniel, he starts going, you, you, you got an Israeli flag. Why, why do you have an Israeli flag? I said, oh, we always have an Israeli flag in here. I said, we love Israel. We stand with Israel. And he couldn't believe it. He is taking pictures, sending it to people back in Israel. He's like, I cannot believe it. There's, there's a church here, and they've got an Israeli flag inside their church. I'm telling you, these guys absolutely could not believe the service. I mean, it was absolute, and they were astonished by everything that took place. I want to tell you, it makes a difference showing your support for the nation of Israel. Had a rabbi tell his congregation one time, knowing I was sitting in his, in his congregation, he said this, he said, Baptists are always the biggest supporters of the nation of Israel. That's what he told his people. And they are. They certainly are. Here we are in Leviticus chapter 23, though. God is introducing us to seven of these Levitical feasts found here. Now, these feasts, when you look at a feast, a feast speaks about communion. It speaks about fellowship with God. And here we find in Leviticus 23, and God is talking to us about this first feast of Pesach. 
or the Feast of Passover. This is literally the foundation of fellowship. If you're going to fellowship with God in any more of these six feasts that will follow, you've got to start right here with Passover. Because it literally lays that very foundation that a man could walk with God. Now, uh, you'll find if we take our Bibles and flip it back over to the book of Exodus, in Exodus chapter number 12, God is going through as the uh, different plagues have been going throughout the land of Egypt. Now, He has just told them about this one last plague that is getting ready to take place, and that is the death of the firstborn. According to Exodus 12 and verse number 12, all of these plagues were against the gods of Egypt. So each and every one is against one of the, uh, one of the major gods over Egypt. Egypt had multiple gods, but there were some gods that were kind of more supreme. And God is attacking these gods, showing that He is the true and only living God. And so as they come to that of the death of the firstborn, I want to show you just a few things here in the book of Exodus. We find again, I mean starting uh, in verse number 2, God said, this month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year. This is the time of the year that you would start the new year. God is starting to give them life. And that is when God said you're to start the new year. You're not to start it on January the 1st like we do. That's the world's worst time to start a new year. I mean, if you go outside my house, we move from Georgia to the Baltimore area, and you go outside up in that area, and it's just snow, it's cold, it's dead. I mean, nothing is putting forth life, and that's when we start the new year. But you go about March, the end of March, the beginning of April, when Pesach takes place, and you'll start seeing apple trees start to blossom. They start to put forth life and to give fruit again. I'm telling you, God said that's when you're to start the new year. They're at Passover. And so uh, the Jews today don't celebrate Passover in the light of uh, celebrating a new year. You'll find the first of the fall feast of Israel, Rosh Hashanah. That is the beginning of the new year. Now, they uh, later added that in the Talmudic days for a reason, and I'll get to it later this week. But here we find the beginning of of the the new year. But I want to show you in in chapter number 11, back up in chapter 11 and verse 5 real quickly. Look at the significance of this lamb. Because in verse number 5, God said, All the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die from the firstborn of Pharaoh that sitteth upon his throne, even unto the firstborn of the maidservant that is behind the meal, and all the firstborn of beasts. You see, the firstborn was going to be killed. The sentence of death was now given to the firstborn. Listen, the Bible tells us that all sinned and come short of the glory of God. I'm telling you, mankind in all his best is still just a product of Adam. I studied and preached a message the other day about the life of Obed Edom. I was looking at that Ark of the Covenant. So I picked up my Hebrew Tanakh and I was reading uh, through the chapter there in Hebrew and I come to Obed Edom's name and uh, in Hebrew his name says Obed Edom. And I got to thinking about Obed Edom. I was like, I know those words. Obed means work in Hebrew. Edom is land, it's ground. Boy, I started thinking about Obed-Edom and the meaning of his name and going back to the book of Genesis in chapter 3 when God put that curse on Adam and he said, you're going to till the ground. You know what the word till the ground is in Hebrew? Obed-Edom. You go down to Cain and he said, you'll be a tiller of the ground, a tiller of the earth. 
You know what that word is? Obed-Edom. I'm telling you, Obed-Edom is just a byproduct of sin. He's just a picture of sin. But one day the ark moved in his house and it transformed his life. I want to tell you, listen, that's the same picture you see with the Passover because man didn't have a relationship with God. I'm telling you, he had fallen short of the glory of God. But thank God for a Passover. Thank God that he desires to have fellowship with his people. Thank God he's provided a way. I want to tell you, listen, that lamb was very important. Uh, You had to have a lamb in order to have redemption. I want to tell you the only difference between Egypt and Israel was the blood. That was the only difference between them. It didn't matter if you was Egyptian. It didn't matter if you was Israeli. I'm telling you, listen, that blood had to be applied in order for that death angel to pass over. We find the significance of the lamb. We find the selection of the lamb in chapter 12. And verse number 3, he said, speaking to the congregation of Israel, saying that the tenth day of this month they shall take to them every man a lamb according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for a house, if the household be too little for the lamb. Uh, And he goes through talking about this lamb, and he tells in verse 5, your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats, and you shall keep it up until the fourteenth day of the same month. And the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. And here this lamb was to be kept all the way up until the, uh, from the 10th all the way to the 14th day. Why? Because they're looking at this lamb to make sure it has no spots, to make sure it has no blemishes, uh, to make sure there's no imperfections within it. Can I say that one day they stood before the Lord Jesus Christ and Pilate is standing there and he says, I find no fault in him. I'm telling you why, because he was a spotless Lamb of God. Matter of fact, you can take and, and a Paul, the Apostle Paul, even examined the Lord Jesus. Because the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5 and 21, For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin. Paul said, hey listen, when I look at the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, I find that he, there is no sin within him at all. Matter of fact, Peter examined him, 1 Peter 2 and 22. The Bible says there, who did no sin. I'm telling you, Peter, when he's looking at the Lord, he said, hey, listen, I walked with him. I walked throughout the Canary, throughout the Galilee. And he said, I saw the miracles. I saw the mighty works. I slept in the same area with him. And I'll tell you, he did no sin. I'm telling you, John the Apostle, I'm telling you, he says in 1 John 3, 5, and you know that he was manifested to take away our sin, and in him is no sin. I'm telling you, listen, they stopped and they examined the Lord, and I'm telling you, he is the perfect spotless Lamb of God. He meets all the requirements the Word of God set forth. But then we find the slaying of that Lamb. Look in chapter number 12 and verse number 7. Look what the Bible says. And they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper door post of the houses wherein they shall eat it. Look down in verse number 22 as well. In verse 22 he said, Then Moses called for all the elders, or excuse me, And ye shall take a bunch of hyssop and dip it in the blood that is in the basin and strike the lintel and the two side posts with the blood that is in the basin. And none of you shall go out at the door of his house until the morning. I'm telling you, they'd take that hyssop, they would dip it down in the blood, they would put it upon the lintel, they would put it on the doorpost. I'm telling you, listen, that lamb had to die, that lamb had to be slain, that blood had to be applied, that blood did no good inside that lamb unless it was slain. It had to die. 
I'm telling you, that lamb, could you imagine that guy walking out, looking, finding the best of his flock that he had? He takes that perfect spotless lamb. I'm telling you, his kids probably grew accustomed to that lamb. That's probably one of their favorite little lambs. But you know what daddy had to do? Daddy had to look at that lamb and said, lamb, it's either you or my kids. Listen, lamb, it's either you or my son. One of you has got to die, and it ain't going to be my son. That lamb had to die. That blood had to be shed. I want to tell you, Jesus had to go to the cross in order for you and I uh, to be redeemed. And I want to tell you, when that blood was shed, I want to tell you it satisfied the holy demand of a God. I'm telling you, the Bible says in Isaiah 53, uh, listen, that it pleased pleased the Lord that He bruised Him. I'm telling you, listen, God was satisfied when He saw the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed. Those Jews weren't saved by admiring the Lamb. They wasn't even saved by loving the lamb. They could have sung songs about that lamb all day long. I'm telling you, listen, but that lamb had to be slain. That blood had to be applied. You have been listening to the Hope of Israel Baptist broadcast with Dr. K. Daniel Freed. And we pray that today's program has been an encouragement to you. If it has, please contact us and let us know you're listening. If you are of Jewish descent and would like to know more about the new covenant prophesied in the book of Jeremiah chapter 31, or maybe you're curious as to why true Bible-believing Christians have always supported Israel, please contact us. As a token of our love and appreciation, we would like to give you a beautifully bound Hebrew-English new covenant referred to as the New Testament. This Prophecy Edition Bible will be a great addition to your library and it will help you understand why those who believe in Yeshua HaMashiach, the Lord Jesus Christ, have always loved, supported, and prayed for Israel. Now if you're writing to let us know you're listening or if you're requesting one of these beautiful Hebrew-English New Covenants, you may do so by going to our website, www.hopeofisrael.net. That's hopeofisrael.net. You can also write to us at P.O. Box 1700, Powder Springs, Georgia. 30127. Once again, that's P.O. Box 1700, Powder Springs, Georgia, 30127.